Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingle. This time, Steve M is here. I'll introduce him first. <laughs> introduce me first. Who's coming up after me? Um, there's talks. There's talks we're ongoing. Going to, we're going to Oscar Piastri you. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no, Oscar! What are, you, what are you doing here, Oscar? No, I thought you were supposed to be McLaren. <laughs> This is a different sport altogether. Clearly, I'm watching Drive to Survive in the evenings. Ah, uh, yes. Have you? Yeah, I, I binged all of the season five on the Friday when it came out. And uh, <laughs> Well, look, they're only like half an hour episodes after the first one. So like, they're not, it's not like they're hour long each. But um, yeah, no, that was by far the most interesting um, part of the entire series is the kind of um, behind the scenes stuff that went on between him and... Uh, him and McLaren and uh, Alpine with regards to the, the, the deal also that went Fernando on. Fernando Alonso riding them. <laughs> well, there's there not to get into inside baseball, but there's a the the rumor is that like Alonso knew that his contract uh, Al, um Piastri's contract will be up on the first of the first of the month. So he waited until then. And so that way, then he could fuck over Alpine twice. First, by announcing himself that he's leaving for Aston Martin, and then also allowing Piastri to go to McLaren. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Put it this way: it was a if it was a if it was a coincidence, it was one hell of a coincidence. Uh, yeah. What I find crazy is is that uh. Uh, Alpine spent whatever four or five million on Piastri to develop mm-hmm. as a driver, with no guarantee of anything. They just spent that money and said, "Well, geez, I, I hope you join us in the end." <laughs> well, this is the thing: they had him signed up as the reserve driver, but like, as you could see with the with the Alonso deal, they weren't exactly in a hurry to sign him up, and he was there. He was the driver that they wanted for the future for the next two years at least, um, or the next year at least, anyway. But um, they so for that very reason, then they couldn't guarantee Oscar a seat, which is why they were probably trying to sign him to another reserve driver contract, which is why they hadn't signed him up to anything. So yeah, there's there's a bit behind it, all right. Like you know, it, I think had they just made the decision that they were going to let go of, let go of Alonso at the end of the season, they would have definitely had Piastri signed up. But because they wanted to try and have their cake and eat it too, they ended up with nothing. So they got Pierre Gasly in, who second. is one of my is one of my favorite drivers um, on the grid. So hopefully he does well there. But I don't like Alpine like as a team because he's nice, or like I don't think he's ever really looked that fast. Uh, he he was fast. Uh, he so in the first season of Drive to Survive, they followed him and Alpha Tauri really closely because they were one of the three teams that they got access to, and that was when he won his race um, in Maranello, I think, or was it Emola? It was one of the Italian races, anyway. And uh, I was a fan of him after that. And, like, he carried that uh, Alpha Terry team, not last season, the season before, Yuki Snowda's first season. Um, he, he did pretty well that season, considering the car was just a midfield car. But, like, their car last season was just absolutely shocking when you consider that they are get a lot of their parts are supplied from Red Bull. Now, they still design their own parts um, a lot in order to save cost, but... When you consider how successful Red Bull were for them to be as bad as they were last season, um, it's interesting. But uh, no, he he'll, so I, a, go ahead. I, I generally, when I when I think of Gasly, I always think like that he did get that chance at Red Bull and and was atrociously bad when he was there. 
and ah, and I mean, you have to struggles. remember, like Red, Red Bull have a thing of like it's they throw you in when you're young, like they they think everyone should be a Max Verstappen. Like Verstappen started the his first race when he was 17, and like he just turned out to be a prodigy. Like not everyone is like that. Like Albon now is at he's at a lower team he's at williams but like he's a good driver as well like red bull do produce good drivers like gasly has won the race like you know the, i i think that the yeah. the jump to red bull came just a little bit too soon for him but i think he's in a much better spot now and hopefully he can be competing for potential podiums with alpine but we'll have to see because that aston martin looked fairly rapid in pre-season testing but there's still that was only pre-season I- testing if I was looking at drivers and maybe Red Bull do the same, I think they'd probably look at drivers and after a while you've you got to say he either has it or he doesn't. Generally, people don't develop it. Generally, people yeah. are good at Formula One drivers and don't become that much better. They usually just are that good. Um, well, I, you have to like remember if you that... you don't but, have it at one stage, you probably never do. Well, the problem that um, people don't realize with... Um, formula one a little bit is that you can't compare um let's say uh let's say you can't compare a Haas driver to a um, mclaren driver it's two different cars it's two different uh, philosophies like the only comparison you can really make is to your partner because they're driving the same car as you theoretically so the fact that you were coming up against max verstappen like i said this kind of prodigy driver um is always going to make you look bad, do you know? Uh, I suppose, but if 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 your partner is winning the race comfortably, and you're two two seconds behind the field per lap or something crazy, um, you can read into that pretty clearly. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. Uh, for Gasly, it was. Mm, I don't. Yeah. I I think I don't think it was, but. Look, at, we're kind of that was that was way in the past. Um, I think he's a much better driver than he was then. Is he in your F one fantasy team? Uh, no, Owen, because I don't have an F one fantasy team. Because I think I've only just now deciphered that message that you sent in that was so poorly worded that I honestly thought you had had a stroke. I have a brilliant F one fantasy team, and feel that maybe I'll give up fantasy football as we seem to have done on this podcast and just play fantasy f1 yeah well i mean the, in that case the move to get bring in piastri makes complete sense because uh, he would be a much better co-host for this podcast than me in that scenario i believe so he should know a few bits ah uh, yeah I, I reckon he'd i reckon he'd know a thing or two like winning the f3 in his rookie year f2 in his rookie year uh, not something that a lot of drivers accomplish, you know. I reckon he's a. Uh, I reckon he knows a thing or two around a wheel. I'm trying to get up my team here. I have Max on double points, and you can apply chips. There's a whole thing here. My cheap drivers <laughs> are Norris and Alonso, but I kind of want to get Bottas. So, Why? You know, it's a work in progress because of how uh, testing is going. But if anything, with testing going, you'd want Alonso because that Aston Martin looks like it's one of the third or fourth best cars on the grid. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I have Norris. I just like Norris always, even though probably isn't that great. <laughs> um, but there you go. Maybe, maybe we'll 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 dip in and out of F one fantasy 
gaming. Uh, at least for next week. I think then I will forget about it as I do with other forms of fantasy games. But at least mm-hmm. one week. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bahrain will be kicking off tomorrow for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually we we have a preamble. I think that's I think that's that that'll do for that one. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, do, you want, do you want to go to a break? Do you? Do we just divide that up entirely? Yeah, just cut cut that. Cut that. No, Asher, look, we have live. We do have lives outside of uh, fantasy football. As hard as it is to believe, sometimes and sometimes it's the only thing I I cling on to when when reality is just beating you down. You know. But in fairness, the fantasy beats you down on the regular. <laughs> says the man who's way behind me in the rankings and regular like yeah but I'm happy <laughs> well you're happy because you're over in a country where you don't have to work for the next six months so yeah you would want to be happy I mean that some might say that would give me more time to dwell on, on my defeats but no I tell you what is, the diarrhea not, that I'm you not... had from this weekend probably gave you a lot of time to dwell on things <laughs> my fantasy team gave me diarrhea <laughs> oh that's the that's the uh <laughs> that's the t- that's the episode title right there yeah absolutely um no I, I i'm super happy with how draft is going i'm just hoping Cahill lost this week uh you got a 91 steve mm-hmm. i will i will drive it on a bit um and we both had nice weeks i'm i'm keen to see what the average for the week will be it's 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 going to be just in at some point in this thing. Like at the average at the moment is 39. That's probably going to rock up towards 70 somewhere, you'd imagine, with the big doubles and on all your regular scorers getting on the score sheet. Uh, yeah. Who who helped you out this week? Uh, so Captain and Saka proved to be the correct decision. Um, when Haaland got the goal and an assist against Bournemouth, I was kind of wondering, did I make a mistake? But Saka with the goal and an assist against, um, uh, against Everton uh, vindicated that decision. Um, I had Martinelli for 26, who had uh, three goals and an assist, I think, this week. Um, ben White uh, did the business for me as well. I mentioned Haaland already. But then after that, then, it was uh, not really much else. Kane got six. Uh, De Bruyne didn't play. Tarkovsky did nothing. Nakanji um, conceded. Um, and then Bueno did nothing. So um, And Kepa did nothing because Chelsea are shite. So uh, yeah, it was mainly those mainly those boys because um, obviously I I decided to keep hold on to Trippier, I held on to Rashford, and uh, I decided uh, against um, transferring out Mitro and taking the hit for that because I, I just, there was just nobody out there that I was happy to bring in with um, with that price range. So ah no, look ninety one can't really argue too much with that. Um, keeps me uh, in the in the hunt around where I am in around the top five hundred thousand, and uh, I think I also win my cup matchup this week, which takes me into, I think the last eight thousand. Like it was the it was the last sixteen thousand I was in this week, so last eight thousand. So, um, yeah, like I'm pretty happy with progress in that as well. Like so, see how it goes. Be interesting to see what happens with the cup. I hope you progress to the end of that. Cause I wonder is there like a prize. Oh, I assume there'd have to be. Yeah, this is the it's it's the overall cup, um, is what uh, is what I'm. If it was a quarter final, I mean. there should be eight eight teams left. But if there's eight thousand, maybe they give a thousand people a prize. Might be something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I noticed that you have um, 
a nice score total from your Arsenal players, 69. Nice. <laughs> That's very tasty. And then uh, Haaland and Kane are your scoring players outside of that. Similarly for myself, basically the same team, except I captain Haaland. So you gained an extra five there. Um, I had one, two, three, four zeros or blanks on the field. So that wasn't very pleasant. Yeah, De Bruyne came as a bit of a... Sh- uh, we were predicting a De Bruyne slash Haaland resting last week. Uh, yeah. Kev, he he, he ended up playing in the cup against um, Bristol and scored a goal there. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that's um, not appearing a... on my screen, Steve. I still have zero <laughs> points for Kevin. No, that's just my, uh, that's just my encyc- encyclopedic knowledge zone. To pull that out, like you know, I don't have to look at a page to read to, to get all my information. Um, no, look at the Bruyne came fuck on. All, I was... Steve, it's zero points. And <laughs> um, where it could come into it is that they play Newcastle. Excuse me, this weekend. Um, in what it could be a, a very important game for them, because I think uh, for the next four game weeks they only have three fixtures. So uh, whereas some other teams have doubles and some of that. Um, and Newcastle are a tough opposition, as we met, as we kind of know. Um, obviously they were lost that cup final, and uh, didn't really look like they were troubling United too much. But um, yeah, like I, th- I think we'll get onto it later as to the potential troubles going on with Newcastle. But um, yeah, like that's an important game for them, especially with Arsenal winning their game in hand and having five five points clear at the the top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Every game is. Uh is a cup final for for her city and arsenal at the moment yeah it really so is fucking important yeah um so maybe we'll quickly discuss the results before moving on to the next segment we have a we have maybe a long question segment but we'll just quickly uh, mention who did what newcastle yeah. and brighton didn't play at all because they're lazy as hell don't care about <laughs> fulham and wolves Villa beat Everton 2-0. Everton also lost to Arsenal 4-0, so not, not a good night week for Deitch. Arsenal also beat Leicester, so two wins for them in a nice double game week, 1-0. West Ham beat Nottingham Forest 4-0, which is nice for them. They were going through a patch. Leeds beat Southampton 1-0. City beat Bournemouth 4-1. Uh, Palace and Liverpool played out a nil-all draw before Liverpool went on to beat Wolves 2-0. We'll ignore the London fixture. No, we um, won't because I want to bring this up on. Um, like as a Chelsea I'd fan, you didn't. Prob- <laughs> well, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'd be all right if you didn't. I'm calling an audible loan. Um, Fulham one, Wolves one. No, 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 no. Stop that. Like, does does Potter make it to the end of the season? Because like. I hear. I was listening to what he was saying in the press conference after this loss, and he was comparing himself to Mikel Arteta, and like it's complete rubbish, Sean. It's it's absolutely chalk and cheese. Like you you can't compare him to Mikel Arteta because Mikel Arteta has never been on a run this bad in the entire time he's managed Arsenal, and he also didn't have five hundred million pounds spent on players when he arrived. So like. There, there's there, like there's no comparisons to be made, and I don't know why he's making them. But like, are, like, are, is, is, how long, how much rope are Chelsea going to give him? A lot, seemingly. Uh, this isn't the first time people have been asking about Potter's backing from the board, and it always seems to be present. Um, 
like the rumor mill hasn't gone totally hectic, which it usually would before a sacking. Um, like, it, 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 there comes a stage where he has to come under pressure because, like, uh, you know, it's it's an it's an extended shitty run. I mean, like things are going bad under Tuchel anyway, so it feels like a long time since Chelsea actually played a decent game of football. Yeah. Um. So well, if I, is, if I if, if I can put it if, to you this way, Owen, Chelsea now are ten points off of the relegation zone. Contrastly, they are fourteen points off of top four. I I, I don't think. Um, I don't think Chelsea fans or the board are really thinking that much about position in the table right now. I, I think it'll come down to performances uh, being the most interesting thing that happened here. Um, Jesus. Even the performances have actually gotten worse yeah. in the last few games. Like their Chelsea might have lost or drawn games before, but now, regardless of the result in the game, the performance has actually declined. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there comes I, a stage where Potter has to come under pressure, but like, I don't know. Like, it's a new owner. Maybe, th- maybe this will be different to uh, times gone by. It's a big shock for most people to see Chelsea struggle like this and not to see a gigantic change happen. Hmm. Uh, I, I like. I, I think they'll give Potter a lot more of a chance. I think they'll they'll drive on with him. Um, but to be honest, even myself now, I'm I'm beginning to scratch my head and ask like. This is unusual. This is fucking weird. This is bad, and it's 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 a long time for Chelsea fans to go in this type of scenario. Well, I think um, I remember seeing a journalist coming out with a report that there's discontent within the camp that players are unhappy with Potter's tactics and um, are annoyed when they're left out of matchday squads or the starting eleven and the way he's kind of managing the squad as a whole. But I mean, like, to the point that, like, they're not concerned with results, like, I don't know about that. Like, you kind of have to be concerned with results at a certain point. Like, they're they're sitting in 10th. Like, European football is gone now. And uh, Chelsea spent, like, £500 million on players, um, give or take. Like, it's probably, it's less than that. But I mean, when you include the Nkunku deal that was agreed in January when he comes in in the summer, it'll be £500 million. They're not going to get Champions League football, which means they're going to lose out on that revenue income, which then means that like where where how do they how do they offset the cost of buying all these players like that that does have to come into it because that's financial fair play like that has to be a factor inside the comp in not the company sorry inside the club's thinking. So I don't know, like you know, yeah, it'll be interesting to see maybe. Uh, they're going. They're thinking again. They're probably thinking along an Arsenal route of maybe a season without um, European football is what we need to try and just focus on the league for a season. But I mean, I don't know. That's not that. Like you said, this is kind of a uncharted territory for Chelsea fans who um, have only been used to to success over the last um, twenty years or so. So I suppose we'll have to wait and see. But um, I mean, if the results continue on the way that they are with 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 Potter, I honestly can't see him making it to the end of the season because because if they are to continue in this way on like, not to try and sound funny like they would potentially be relegation candidates not relegation but they'd be in a hovering in and around that area like what is it in the last five results two losses and three draws like that's terrible 
Yeah, yeah, it's as bad uh, Chelsea form as we've seen. I mean, maybe that one season under Mourinho or eventually finish seventh or something. But um, now, the one yeah, thing I mean, I would... like, uh, I don't, I don't think we're gonna, we're gonna find the answer. I mean, there. No, no, and and I suppose bad just and, uh, to, to, to level Sorry, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. No, I don't know. I, I, I think there's probably a, a small level of understanding from. Uh, people i mean like what 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 more can the fans or the club ask of of chelsea right now i mean clearly there's a problem and and the easiest thing is to point at the manager and say ah look he's he's putting out different teams every week and the tactics are wrong and this that and the other but I, i like it's not always that obvious no, no, I agree, but my point, I suppose my point was that um, Chelsea fans just aren't used to this. They're, and like you said, they're just used to sack the manager, bring in a new manager, win a trophy, rinse and repeat, and they can't do that anymore. Well, like, I suppose they could do that, but they're trying not to do that. And so, like, I don't know, I, I don't think the um, the acceptance is there from the fans like you think it is. I, th- I think Chelsea fans are still in that old mindset. And I think they're 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 showing their discontent during a lot of the games. Um, but I suppose look to move on. And one ray of of hope that I suppose Chelsea have is that they do have the easiest run of fixtures over the next five fixtures, um, according to fixture difficulty. So they have Leeds, Leicester, Everton, uh, Villa, Wolves, um, and the the Villa one is a double game week where they also play Liverpool. So. Um, there's they have to get some points here because I mean like Leeds relegation candidate, Leicester relegation candidate, Everton relegation candidate, you know Wolves in and around that area as well. Villa not too far behind. Like these are teams that they absolutely have to be beaten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if there's going to be an upturn in form, you'd imagine it'll be there. Yeah. Um, the more interesting to see if things continue as they are after that spell, whether Potter will get the chop or not. I think I think if we get any result at all, he probably won't. But interesting to see. Um, yeah, that was that was game week twenty five. Uh, the rest of the week kind of went as expected. Maybe Everton got a bit of a hammer in there. They probably expected a little more from the double game week that they had. Um, not too much exciting now. I was interested to see Gakpo being rested in that that game against uh, Wolves. Mm-hmm. Came on for a bit, but um, yeah, that makes him a bit of an annoying fantasy asset. Yeah, like I mean, I wouldn't be reliant on Cody Gakpo for consistent um, point scoring. Uh, you have him in there as a as a as a third or a fourth midfielder, but I mean, for that price that he's at, like you, I don't really know if you even bother with him at that. Really, like you know, there are better options out there for you. You know, there's mm. there's there's Martin Odegaard or Martinelli or Saka there, there's Rashford there or someone like Bruno Fernandez. You know, there there's definitely better alternatives than relying on Cody Gapo. Or if you're gonna go with Liverpool asset, you're probably gonna go with Mo Salah if anyone. So, but um, yeah, no, like yeah, yeah. he does he does, cause a, he does cause Jota, a headache. Yeah, I think monitoring Jota and Darwin is interesting. I think they they're more likely a starting trio than uh, than Gakpo. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. To just touch on the the three bankers and outside picks that we had for this weekend, we had Saka, who had a goal and an assist. We had Haaland, who had a goal and an assist. 
We had Salah who had a goal. Uh, I went with Bowen uh, against Nottingham Forest and he got an assist. And then you went with uh, Alex Iwobi who didn't manage anything <laughs> because Everton didn't manage anything because Everton are bad. All you should feel bad. Six conceded. Yeah. But you know what? What? I think fucking drive it on. Still bring in more Iwobi. <laughs> more Iwobi. So you want to just get you want to get multiple Iwobis in your team? Is that it? Absolutely, as many as possible. As many as there are. Well, there's I'm sure one. He has a few brothers. Oh, you, you. Oh, right. I get you now. So you're just like the extend. You're reaching out to the family members as well now. Just a team of Iwobis. I want it to be like the Tipperary hurling team with Mars, or Mars, as they would say. Uh, okay. <laughs> and on the that F F one slash and on that niche football segment. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Oscar. We're going to take our break now. We hope you enjoyed the interval music there. I think that's one of one of the originals that stayed as the FPL jingle grew. Uh, we, one of those we got right first time, Steve. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we did spend a lot of time when we first created this trying to find the right um, intro, outro, segue music. Um, like, I think it was a few days and a few different websites and trying to find uh, royalty-free music is a little bit harder than you think. There's some very bad stuff out there. There's a lot. Well, there, that's why it's free, because <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to pay for it because it's terrible. There was some bad stuff some bad stuff uh so this segment is going to contain a few questions we're going to let that we're going to talk about the fixtures a bit in that and we also have at the end look forward to it our bankers and outside picks for game week 26 so that's a little hook for you to hang around till the end of the episode imagine i talked like that and tried to encourage people to stay listening i don't think i'd even still be here if you were to try and do that <laughs> oh no the two people turned off there <laughs> two two people turned off one of which is the guy also hosting the podcast <laughs> all right let's uh let's get through these puppies and uh, who are you going to captain steve in game week 26 i don't know one um it's a it's a tough question for me to be able to answer right now so uh I obvious jo- uh, obvious <laughs> uh, yeah his brother um the obvious choice is Haaland, but they have Newcastle uh, at home in the 12.30. The 12.30 is always known to throw up a bit of a, a, a mad result. So I'm a bit unsure about mm. that one. Saka seems to be in flying form, and they're playing Bournemouth at home. So fixture looks good. He's in good form. Maybe Save him. Rubble. And then the third option for me is Rashford, who obviously is in great form. Um, I'm a bit concerned because of the amount of games they played so Thursday they would have played Barcelona at home Sunday then was the Carabao Cup final against Newcastle and Wembley Um, Wednesday then was the home game against West Ham in the Cup and then they're playing Sunday so they've they've got up they've played about four games in a in a in a really small stretch of like 10 days so uh, yeah, and, and even Rashford was carrying a little bit of a knock after that Barcelona game, which was, was turned out to be nothing in the end. But yeah, I'm uh, not too concerned is, with that. Yeah, it's it. The game is in Anfield, and I suppose Man United will want to be at their best. 
Um, but at the same time, if Rashford starts, I think I'd still be confident of him scoring. Liverpool haven't totally come back from their shitty spell uh, either. I mean, so. you're, you're kind of right there, Owen, but they do have four clean sheets in their last four games. Hmm. That's you know. a stat that I didn't think had already come about. Yeah, yeah. So three wins and a draw and uh, clean sheets in all of them. Now, hmm. granted, two of those were two of those were in this last game week because they had a double. So, do you know, but uh, still, like do you know, they've they've kind of uh, like like we we I I understand why you're saying that because if you were to look at the Real Madrid game where they shipped five, you you would think, geez, they're still wobbly, but. I mean, they're not coming up against Real Madrid every week. Uh, thank God for them. Um, so they're a little bit more reliable. Having said that, do I think they'll keep a clean sheet? Probably not. But, you know, they will probably fancy their chances because they know that if they can isolate Rashford, then they're kind of putting on the onus on the rest of the team to do something. And so far, there hasn't really been much of a case. Like I think they're ma- I think United's next top scorer since the World Cup break is like Fred with like six goals, which is like crazy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I would like to be depending on on uh, fridge or Fred. Um, mm. <laughs> Imagine they called him the fridge. Like, um, I I'd be yeah. So to come back to who who a captain, I'd yeah. It's difficult because you, you could make a case for all of them. You could make a case for mm-hmm. Haman, Saka, and Rashford. I think they're the only players you'd captain. You wouldn't captain anyone at Spurs or anywhere anywhere else, really. Um, do you just take the team with the easy fixture, the Bournemouths, or do you take possibly the slightly more informed Rashford up against Liverpool? Now, um, are mean... they going to be more solid in Anfield? Perhaps. To be honest, uh, to be honest, and I, I don't really think this is my Arsenal bias. I probably Arsenal. Saka has Saka played pretty well in that game against um, Everton. The team is going well. They're treating every game like it's a cup final because of the pressure that Man City are piling on them every week. And he also takes penalties for Arsenal. So if they win a penalty, he's going to take it. So you know, uh, I, I think the strongest case I'd be able to argue is for Saka right now. Hmm. I've been nervous to move my captaincy off Haaland. I'm not sure I have moved it off Haaland. Uh, I know, uh, yeah, but I mean, if you had done that last week, you'd have gained an extra 10 points. And uh, have Mm. you used your triple captain? No, I haven't used my triple captain. Well, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about when we talk about the double game weeks coming up, because, I mean, like, you know, Mm. I triple captained... I moved my trip, my captain to Rashford and triple captained him for United's double, and you know he got me sixty points. So, in in recent memory for me, moving my captaincy away from Haaland has actually benefited me. So, I I understand your your hesitancy to move away from him, but um, you know you you, ha- you kind of have to think uh, weigh it up. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Next question. Just. Just leave him. Um, Next question. I'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking about that one. Question Everado or number two for our non-Irish speakers is gonna be talking about some chips, not the fried kind. Uh, when is best time? <laughs> when is the best to use the free hit and wild card? I have wild carded. Needed to straighten out my team there a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. Yeah, and to be honest, that did steady the ship. I've gotten a few green arrows since, but um, 
Yeah, so we have a fairly quiet-looking game week 27. Uh, we have doubles in game week 29 and 28. Is that is that right? So we'll have well. you have um, Palace and Brentford have a double in Palace, Brentford, Southampton, and Brighton have a double in 27, and then in 29, then you have um, a lot of teams with doubles: um, Brighton, Liverpool, United, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Chelsea, Leeds, uh, Forest. Uh, Newcastle, Leicester, you have a lot of teams with doubles in 29 but the, the, the other side of the coin there is that in week 28 you have a lot of blanks um, Brighton, Southampton City, Spurs Fulham, West Ham, United, Liverpool all blanks in that week so you know you're 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 dealing with half of the league to choose from for that week so with that thinking in mind I would be thinking you either wild card um, for week 27 or for a week 28 and then maybe use your free hit if you have it in week 29 like the way you, the way that I'm thinking of doing it is making sure that I have a maybe using the wild card or the free hit for week 28 make sure I have a full team for that week because a lot of people probably won't and then just change it that week the week after that and use it in week 29 with all the doubles and then maybe even um, potentially, I know this is getting on to another question we have, maybe even potentially using the bench boots then, because simply because of all the doubles that week Are you saying you want a wild card into game week 29? Um, the big game week I, I'm saying that I would at least um, look to um, wild card my team by not maybe not this week, game week 26 but maybe 27 if not 28 definitely because I'll have a I'll have a fair few players from City, Spurs, uh, United, um, Brighton, Fulham. Like I'll have a fair few players from my team that won't be playing that week. I'll probably only have like six or seven if I was to leave it unchanged. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll definitely be doing something before we game week twenty eight when we have all the blanks. But then after that, then as well, I might even potentially look at doing something again to make sure that I have. Uh, a lot of players that have doubles in 29. Mm. I think a half-decent strategy, so I'm already wild-carded. Yeah. But I wonder if you were to free hit on 28 and then wild-card on 29. The reason I say wild-card 29 is because then for game week 30, you end up with a normal team. Whereas the team that you would wild-card in for game week 28 might need to have a lot of additions to fix it for you know the rest of the season. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, depend, it depends as well to... on your scenario. So, I mean, for your cell phone, you've already used your... Was it your free hit you've used? I used my wild card. I have the rest of the chips. Okay. So you have your free hit and your bench boost and your triple captain. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, uh, 29 is probably the place I would be using my triple captain because it's the next one, next available double game week that I know about. And you would have a fair few players that would have a double game week that week. Um, Like Salah would have a double game week that week. Rashford would have a double game week that week. Um, Yeah, it looks like United have the easiest setup there. They have Newcastle and Brentford. Uh, your you know City have to play Liverpool, so that cuts out kind of Liverpool and City. 
Yeah, uh, Arsenal maybe. have Leeds and was it are the Arsenal in a single game? No, like, Arsenal like don't are. have a double in twenty nine, so it'd be just yeah. it'd just be Leeds. Um, be Rashford for the triple cap. Yeah, but then it's probably yeah. So you might have to just um, you might have to just live with it then for the blanks in twenty eight, and then you know get get the team set for twenty nine then. Yeah, what I will say is earlier on in, in the season, I remember we were coming up to a Man City Arsenal blank in like game week nine or something. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about getting rid of City and Arsenal players. And it was just the worst fucking strategy. Like they just scored loads, missing for a week, <laughs> came back to scoring loads. You know, uh, was... well, oh, I think I do remember that. And I don't, mm. I I think I maybe got rid of one player. I think I maybe got rid of a City defender, but I held on to like, Martinelli, Saka, and like uh, Haaland and like De Bruyne, like I I think I just took the took the hit on having a blank for that week, but kind of held on to the 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 assets because the the price difference wasn't worth doing at the time. And uh, yeah, no, you're you're definitely right about that. It it was something that we kind of maybe recommended doing that <laughs> that didn't really work out that well. No, no, it didn't 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 go very well. Um, but interesting to see those weeks. It's going to be yeah, so four interesting four weeks coming up. Where we have a, a normal week, then we have twenty seven where we have some doubles, and twenty eight with a lot of blanks, and twenty nine with massive doubles. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep an eye on those. Uh, it's going to be difficult to maneuver through. Definitely. Um, talking about more general team talk. Uh, Newcastle in their last four games, I think they haven't won anything at all. Uh, struggling to score, although maybe maintaining a bit of a decent defence. Um, are they gone over the hill, Steve? Have they peaked? Are they? Um, is, is is this uh, savage Eddie Howe performance? Yeah, we were kind of we kind of had a quick chat about this during the break, and like I think the run that they were on in terms of the number of clean sheets that they were getting and the number of goals they were scoring wasn't really sustainable long term when you looked at the personnel that they have like if you're looking attacking wise Callum Wilson and Isaac are nice players but they're very kind of a little bit hit and miss a little bit hot and cold uh, it doesn't help that they both had their injury issues uh, Almiron was way outperforming um, I think the levels that we all thought he could and I think since the, the World Cup break he's kind of regressed back a little bit uh, so Maximan, if you had any end product, would be a great player, but uh, he just doesn't. Like he, he's he's great at carrying the ball, beating defenders, but he just doesn't have that final pass on him. He's a bit like a Damatore in that regard. And what they've been doing is they've been relying on their defense, which um, up until the game against West Ham, where the the streak was broken, um, had been paying off for them. Um, but then they've conceded in in each of their last three games, and if you look at the results since the World Cup, it's a draw, draw, win, draw, 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 loss. And they've only scored three goals in those seven games. So, you know, the 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 defence doesn't really worry me, but it's because of the lack of attack that that worries me, that they're, they're relying more on the defence more and more. And I think the more you're reliant you become on that, the more of a vulnerability it becomes. Mm. What I'll tell you what, what surprised me the most was, was the fact that this run actually happened because the players that did it were you know really, really considered quite poor <laughs> you yeah know, you know like, Joe Linton and Almiron and 
you know, even a couple of defenders might not have been all that hot. You had Bruno Gimaraes, was exciting. But then, mm. you know, the rest of the team was bang average. Yeah. And it was kind of surprising to see that this, this, this run actually happened. Yeah, like you, you look at that squad and a lot of that squad is what Eddie Howe inherited from Steve Bruce when he took over from Newcastle in January of last year and they were in near, near in and around the relegation area. So I think you have to give a lot of credit to Eddie Howe and that he's been able to get these players to perform higher than I suppose what their expected level of them was and that's something that great managers are able to do. So kind of the likes of Ferguson, I'm not comparing Eddie Howe to Ferguson, but I'm saying Ferguson was always able to get more out of the players than potentially even they thought possible and like he's doing that a little bit joe linton seems to be a a man who's kind of able to adapt to what eddie howe needs him to do he kind of plays it on the left sometimes in a, in a front three or he plays in midfield um joe willock has played pretty well when he's been starting games um i think bruno gimaraes completely is the key to a lot of the stuff that they do well he's He's their gem, like I think getting him in in the January last window uh, last year was 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 a, a steal, and I think mm. if they can get Isaac fit and start in games consistently, I think they'll be happy with what he can produce for them. But yeah, you're right. Like if you look at that team, like Fabian Schar, Fabian Schar was um, a bit of a laughing stock. Joe Linton was a bit of a laughing stock. Almiron was a bit of a laughing stock, and they're all way outperforming themselves this season. So, but I I just feel now with the next set of games they have coming up like we mentioned City already they have a couple of easier games after that against Wolves and Forest but then after that then it's it's a double in 29 against United and West Ham and then Brentford after that so like those aren't gimmies you know so um, they could just be in for a bit of a wobble I feel so I wouldn't be relying on Newcastle assets maybe as what as much as I might have been in the past no, the, the the double and triple Newcastle defences that we were seeing um, kind of dwindling out. I don't think people have that anymore. Almiron would have been in teams. He's gone. So, yeah, Newcastle assets, not what they once were. Um, although if Eddie Howe does keep this up, he might be the next in line for the Chelsea job. So, <laughs> play to him. Just come and get Let's see. I saw those rumours about Deserby. That's just ludicrous. Uh, Ivan Tony. Um He's been doing some gambling, and he's <laughs> oh, a, a lot. Talk of us. <laughs> he's been doing a he big gamble. Been, he has been with his career. Boom, got him. Okay, okay, less of that, Steve. That was just unfair. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh So I just, I just had a quick look. Apparently, the ban is likely to begin in April after some form of a hearing, and it will take six months. Uh, likely is is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, Brentford don't have the financial muscle that City or Chelsea might have to just squash these types of things. Well, it's not um, even that. On he's pleaded guilty to the charges, so I don't feel like mm-hmm. a lawyer would be able to get him off if he's pleading guilty. Yeah, you'll be amazed, Steve, at what City <laughs> and Chelsea are getting away with. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, he will be gone for the rest of the season after April, so we'll probably get a few more games out of Ivan, and then he'll go to prison for get betting on himself. <laughs> He's not going uh, to prison. Uh, who who do you pick up 
as an alternative. This is a particular thorn in the side of fantasy draft players because the answer is no one, but don't pick up anyone. Just, <laughs> just, just give up on your team. Yeah. Uh, but in regular fantasy, some people will have Tony. And I, I forget his price, Steve. Do you, have you he he is 7.6 currently. 7.6. Mm-hmm. So even in, in normal fantasy football, it's difficult to find a replacement at that price point. Yeah, so just for context, you are looking at the next uh, three game weeks, and in 27 there's a double, but if that comes into effect, then in April, like you're saying, the f- they're, they have a match on the 1st of April, which would be against Brighton, and the ban might start then, so you're looking at getting another four fixtures out of them, so, but like, look... um. It's a shame he's the set, he's the third highest scoring forward in the game right now. Um, so it, it's hard to find a replacement for someone like that. I think if you are trying to find someone, like Ollie Watkins has scored a goal in his last five games, um, seems to be on a tear. I think um, them getting rid of Danny Ings and, and kind of saying to him, like, you're our guy, like, we're, we're going we're gonna to ride with you. Um, probably gave him a, a bit of boost in confidence and especially with Unai Emery coming in probably um, changing the system a little bit to maybe suit him a bit better um, they have Palace at home um, they've got West Ham away they've got Bournemouth at home then Chelsea away then Leicester away so he has some favourable fixtures coming up over the next excuse me over the next four or five weeks which um mm which maybe probably look favorable upon him he's 7.3 as well so he's a cheaper alternative um but then after that sorry on yeah i'm I'm just thinking it's pretty hard to look past ollie watkins i'm looking down the table at you have two options at arsenal maybe then um in ketty is at 6.8 although Uh, his on-field performances have been below par you have Gabriel Jesus slowly coming back from injury. Maybe in a few more weeks, we might see him get a game. Mm. I wouldn't pick him up straight away, but if you see him play, maybe he's an option as a replacement. Yeah, so he's back um, training um, on his own. I don't think he he's still um, probably a week or so away from training with the first team. And then they're probably going to want to play him in a couple of under-21s games and try and get his fitness back up that way. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say you're looking at three weeks at least, probably before you see even potentially see him on the bench. So maybe just that's one to keep an eye on. He's seven point nine, so he'd be a bit of a he he'd be a bit of a bump in price, or probably maybe he'd be an increase anyway on top of Tony. Uh, and Ketia, the, uh, Arteta has said has had a knock that he's been kept playing on with and playing through for the last couple of weeks um maybe explains why trossard got the start against leicester but i also th- feel like the form came into it like uh, if you look at uh, Nketiah's xg he's like underperforming he like the, the xg is saying he should have averaged about four goals and he's i think he's averaged about one so we putting those chances away um yeah like he does a lot of other stuff for the team as well like jesus he does a lot of um closing down a lot of uh, hold up play which I think goes unseen, but um, yeah, like you, I think with uh, with Trossard in there, um, he can dr- drift out to the left and kind of play as a winger, and then Martinelli goes in central, and there's a lot of inter interchange in between those two, which causes a, a hassle for defenders. Um, but uh, if you're to try and think of any other alternatives, like you're 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 really kind of scraping it then. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Like, are, are you looking like at Dar- are you looking Wilson. at Darwin potentially then? Yeah, I, I was I was looking at Callum and Darwin there. Callum has seven goals and four assists, I think, and Darwin is on 
or Darwin is on six and four. Obviously, Darwin, uh, two players with a lot of injuries. Maybe if they'd played full seasons, they'd find themselves further up on this scoring table. Um, not not bothered by Mitrovic or Mbwemo, certainly not Firmino. Two guys at Leeds there, Nanto and Bamford, although Bamford, I think, has been fit for a while now and not really performing. So yeah. generally when he's fit, he's scoring, and at the moment that's not happening. So difficult to look around. I'm trying to think what would I actually do. I, I think I'd be going for the Ollie Watkins. I think that's fairly yeah. obvious. I, I think the other uh, thing, Owen, is that do you, do you just take the decision to play with the front two? And and get someone in cheap as your third option, and and invest that money then into your midfield. That's potentially something you could do. Well, that's certainly what I'm doing with Haaland, Kane, and Evan Ferguson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the other option. But um, I certainly wouldn't hate to see Ollie Watkins in my team. I mean, if I was getting rid of a midfielder there or spending a bit less in defence, uh, Ollie Watkins would be a lovely option to have. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's your Ivan Tony gambling ban discussed by myself and Steve. I hope you enjoyed that bit. So, Brentford then have a whole host of games. Brentford plays six games in the next four. Is yep. that right? Two yeah. doubles. Two doubles, a double uh, and twenty-seven, and a double and, and twenty-nine. Football. Ivan Tony will play some of it, maybe all. Uh, depends on when the ban kicks in, yeah, but he'll at least yeah. play the double in 27. Are you going to bring in a defender from the Brentford side for those doubles, Steve? Yeah, it's an interesting one, On Like, if you're to look at their fixtures, like, they do have some okay fixtures coming up. They have Fulham at home, Everton away, Southampton away, Leicester at home. Um, and then the double in 29 is Brighton away, United away, so probably a little bit tougher but i mean that that three game stretch there um for 26 and 27 looks fairly decent so you potentially would be looking to bring in someone like a rico henry maybe well raya the keeper puts up points that's a good point previous points three six seven ten five three nine three three you'll take that yeah, yeah, especially for a team like that. Yeah, he d- he does he does all right. Where have they got um, eight clean sheets so far this season? So, um, like I think Newcastle have the most, um, with uh twelve. So you know he's not a mi- he, he's still four clean sheets away. But like you know, considering Brentford's stature in the league, like I'd say that's fairly impressive. Mm, he's a, he is at four point eight. He's not like a budget goalkeeper option. Um, uh, you know, like I've Ward on my bench there at four. But uh, I I think I'd be picking him either uh, like Ben Mee then cost five. He's only on the ninety five points. The, the Brentford defenders really have very little points in fantasy football for some reason. They must be getting rotated a lot. Do they sell a lot of defenders or something? No. Um. Um. Just give me one second here. I'll pull them up. Um. Ben Mee. Yeah, Ben Mee by far. They, I think only, is... they only have two defenders who seem to have played all year, and the rest of the team seems to have done almost nothing. I'd say there's just a little bit of rotation in that as well. Like They know yeah. that they have a lot of doubles coming up as well and things like that, probably just looking to make sure they keep things fresh. But, uh, yeah. So, I, 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 don't... I think Raya is a good option. Maybe yeah, Raya, Raya, uh, Raya or Ben Mee are probably the best picks um, of the bunch. I think Rico Henry, a 4.5... 
uh, considering he's also like an attacking wing back is probably an option as well. Although I don't know if he has many assists this season. What has he got? Two assists this season. So yeah, not great. But um, mm. you know, um, still a possibility there. And um, there's no one in the midfield that you'd really look at really. Um, and then like we mentioned, you have Ivan Tony and then Brian Mbumo, who is hit and miss at best. So you know, there's um, there's there's not many assets well, that you're going for. Five goals, four assists for the season, and I think he's been fit for all of it. So he'll be—he's no excuse to be underperforming. No, I think I think Steve, it'd be a risk. I think it'd be a risk to be taking these Brentford players. Maybe I—I I, I am interested in that Raya pick. I think he's uh, seems to be getting a lot of saves and stuff. Yeah, no, you definitely team. hit on something there. Like I have Kepa at the moment, who's four point six, and I have two point two in the bank. So he might be my free transfer that I bring in for this game week. It'd certainly be interesting. Um, yeah, and monitor that Ivan Tony ban, because uh, Ivan Tony, nice little pickup for double game weeks, absolutely. You in agreement with me, Steve, or have I just lost you? No, I was in agreement with you. I just wasn't saying uh. anything. I was just letting <laughs> you move on to the next segment. Just cut all this out. Okay, maybe I will. Three bankers and an outside pick for game week 26. It's a normal game week of 10 fixtures, which makes things a little easy. Uh, And we are kind of a repeat of our captaincy discussion. We said either Saka, Haaland or Rashford. And Steve, you've put Saka on the top of the list here. Yeah. Like uh, like I mentioned before, I think the strongest argument I'd be able to make is for Saka. So he goes top of the list because of that. Uh, I I don't think I can argue with it. I, I think it's probably down to personal preference. I mean, City have to play Newcastle. That's not easy, regardless of Newcastle's form. Then you've Rashford up against Liverpool. Liverpool you know, like Arsenal are just playing the easier team. That's as much as we can read into it, isn't it? They're three great players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly like that. They're they're three best players playing arguably at the top of their game. Um, Saka and Rashford almost definitely Haaland I think is is up there is up there in terms of his form um, this for for a season I think he's got 27 league goals or something this season which is just insane so yeah, yeah. like I bet you they make a really good uh, ultimate team <laughs> yeah I'm sure they do I haven't played FIFA in a few years now but uh, yeah I'm sure they I'm sure they make a really nice combination together that'll be sweaty uh, oh, for my geez. outside pick, I am going to go with Evan Ferguson, who's in my team at 4.6. A nice affordable option. They've got uh, a handy little fixture against who I forget they're playing. West Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he can get stuff. If, if, if he's fit, he's dangerous. West Ham aren't a particularly threatening side. I think he's a nice outside pick at a cheap 4.6. Nice one, Owen. Uh, I've gone for Cody Gakpo uh, against um, United at home. Um, I don't know why. I was just scrolling down through the fixtures, and that was the one that caught my eye, and that's the one I'm going for. So that's why I've picked him. Mm. Do you know who has replaced, well, maybe more so replaced Medweke, but who has joined PSV Eindhoven? I only found out during the week. Is Torgan Hazard? Oh, really? I um, I um, mm. I remember hearing about um him potentially being on the move out of Dortmund, but I didn't see who he was linked with. So. Oh, that's interesting enough. Um, what? Yeah, okay. And um, 
Like, uh, how has he filled in all right there, Owen? Are you keeping an eye on them or what? I haven't been keeping a very close eye. I don't think he's he's done anything terribly exciting yet, given that I only just heard about it. But uh, interesting to monitor. Interesting to see what PSV do with all their money. Like they've they've sold well over the close to two hundred million in players in the last few years, and they will be selling Javi Simmons, I'd imagine, pretty soon too. So, be interesting to see that team. Can they rise? Can they become better than Ajax? See how they go. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the season to probably do it. Ajax are um um in a bit of a um not a panic mode but i mean they sacked their manager halfway through the season because of their poor performance and it seems like if uh any any time is a good time to try and challenge for the league it's probably this season hmm. yeah uh yeah, yeah well psv aren't are, are no strangers to winning the league but at the moment they find themselves in fourth behind like themselves and ix aren't even in first and second there's like feyenoord and someone else I forget who it is Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Interesting to see how that goes. Okay, no draft this week. We'll do up the tables and have a look next week. Um, you'll see me somewhere around the playoffs and Cahill somewhere around losing, so that'll be nice. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anything else for episode 23 of season two of the FPL Jingle, Steve? Uh, no, no, I feel like there's a lot of good information in there for people. It's um, it's kind of come down to their own unique situation, but I feel like we've given people the tools to, to make the correct decisions or the, the decisions that, that they think are best anyway. Yeah, so blame Steve if it all goes wrong. Guys. Absolutely. Everyone else does in my life, so why stop now? Absolutely. Okay, if you want to get in touch, you can do so on Discord. That'll be linked in the podcast description. You can see the website fpljingle.com or thefpljingle.com is it there? I think it's there and you can get us on Twitter that's at thefpljingle no the website then is fpljingle and the Twitter is thefpljingle you're doing a great job Um, do those things no problem all off the top of my head Uh, I'm going to sign off bye now bye everyone